Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dangerous World Podcast. As always, you know you're talking with Ryan Dean, Brandon Peacock here. Again, recording from remote locations. Gas prices are shooting up, and it's tough to make that 30-mile drive to get over to my co-host's house here. How are you doing this evening, Brandon? We're going to get into some interesting stuff with the Vatican and with the Mafia and a little bit of Nazi sprinkled on top. Yeah, man. The uh, the history of, of, of these organizations is really really tantalizing it's it's dripping with all kinds of like corruption and shit like that and then it's also the 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 focus piece of one of my favorite types of of movies just like film noir the old old gangster movies you know uh so this is this is a this is this is fun stuff that we're getting into and then also uh godfather 3 which uh which kind of ties these all together uh brian de palma does a does a great job of that one did you like the godfather movies man you know, I only saw one and two. I hadn't seen three yet, and I meant to try to watch it last night, but I know the plot. This is the whole idea where the Vatican is under some financial turbulence and they seek help from the mafia, right? And this is under, is it Corleone that's still in charge uh, at the time in, in the, the third Godfather movie? Yeah, so Michael Corleone, remember, even from the first Godfather, he struggles with it a little. No, he hasn't really struggled with it too much in the second one. But in the first Godfather, he's saying like, Look, the way my family runs is not representative of me. And if I had my way, I would try to make this a little bit more legitimate of an operation. And in the third one, he goes to the Vatican, gives a, I think it's like a hundred million dollar uh, just gift to them. And in, in, in return for that, he wants the Vatican to buy, I think, 25% into a legitimate uh, holdings company that that michael has set up out of all of the stocks and businesses that his mafia family owns um it's in the so in the movie it's this immobiliari group um that that is the name of the holdings company that he's establishing and wants the vatican to buy into the thing about it is man immobiliari is actually a real company uh it's like one of the it's one of the largest real estate companies in italy has been for for a long time and actually, uh, they 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 did they were owned I think, I think twenty five percent at one point by the Vatican. And uh, one of the interesting things about Immobiliari after the after the 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 CEOs were like looking to uh, restructure the company, they actually went on to be the parent company for uh, Paramount Pictures, and Paramount goes on to uh, to create and control Viacom. And after that, uh, up until now, it's Viacom CBS, dude. So <laughs> here you have like Ooh. what we're going to get into, and then how, and then uh, just realize how close it is to this overall narrative that we've built here on this show. That this is a small tank of sharks. They all swim together, man, and they all uh, chew off of the same meat. 
Yeah, dude, that's interesting that you bring that up, man, because I was actually going to say, like, how interesting I found that you're bringing that up. Because, yeah, like, you know, you're, you're saying how all of these people are just all tied together in such a, you know, intimate way. You know, the, the world is such a big place, but at the top, it's very small. There's not many at the top. I think I'm paraphrasing uh, one of the Godfather quotes there. And I need to let you know, uh, the only research I did was watching Goodfellas and Casino just to prep for this episode. So I hope. <laughs> that I can do something to contribute here. Um, but as always, guys, before we really get into it, I always appreciate, um, you know, you you following us on our social media. Um, Instagram is at Dangerous World Pod. Um, the Patreon is something that we're really focusing on growing. We got a lot of good information coming out on there. A lot of the stuff that we're a little scared to talk about on here, believe it or not. Um, coming out with some new merch, got some really great shirts coming out. Uh, you can get those for $20 uh, directly through the Instagram website is absolutely coming soon. So uh, just, you know, keep an eye on that. Brandon runs the Facebook Dangerous World podcast, both a group and a page. And uh, you can also email him directly uh, for our podcast, uh, you know, at the, the Gmail, which is Dangerous World Podcast at gmail.com. Um, with that being said, man, like we kind of mentioned at the beginning, the mafia obviously helped sort of perpetuate the scandal of the child sex trafficking, the pedophilia going on with the Vatican, um, which is interesting because they both come from Italy. You'd think that they would be buddy buddy. But as we remember, uh, you know, Italy teamed up with Germany for World War II. Um, there was this very interesting thing going on where this this fella by the name Lucky Luciano uh, that's his nickname is Lucky, uh, but Lucky Luciano was in prison in the United States and he wanted to shorten his 30 to 50 year sentence, which he got popped uh, doing some some, uh, you know, prostitution rings, uh, potentially sex trafficking and so on. And he helped get the allies to fight the access powers by taking over the island of Sicily uh, under a couple of different operations, one being Operation Husky. The other one being Operation Underworld, which we'll definitely get into, man. But do you want to get into some of the history here of the mafia, Brennan? Yeah, man, sure. This is, uh, you know, it has ties from way before uh, Italy is is a country, right? Italy is actually only only becomes a country in 1870. Uh, before that, it's this kind of disparate groups of, of, of regional powers uh, that only come together in, in the late 19th century there. But yeah, yeah, let's get into the how, how far back do you want to go, man? Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a great question because we can go back as far as freaking who knows when. But I mean, like, let's talk about first where Sicily was first under Muslim control. Right. And then the mafia started out just out of necessity for these Sicilians who felt that they were really kind of being taken advantage of by this imposed feudal system that was brought to them circa 1000 i'm gonna say i don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate but it just lets you know how far back we're going just for this first one right um do you know anything contradictory to what i'm saying here as far as the muslims kind of taking over sicily at first so uh for sicily i i know that so during the uh islamic golden age they are a huge power uh the, the muslim civilization is a huge powerhouse in the Mediterranean. So that's from a thousand. Obviously, the the Vatican and the Catholic religion goes all the way back to, uh, I think it was 333 when uh, Const Constantinople makes Christianity the state religion of the Roman Empire. That's where you get the the Roman 
uh, the Holy Roman uh, Catholics uh, society, as, as as you would call it today. So so yeah, so uh, so far so so good there. They um, when the the Muslims came, they were fighting back control of like Franco and Germanic armies back then. So there's a, a bit of a, a trade off of power, and it's about 700 years in which it it happens. But uh, but yeah, so far so good. I think yeah. Yeah, so we got like, like he's and jump in anytime, man, because obviously we're dealing with a little bit of a lag here for the listeners, you know, just jump in anytime because I've got a, a bunch of information I can just rattle off here. So, you know, as we kind of alluded to right now, Sicily, the Sicilians, they were abused for millennia. Um, I mean, just since they were around, there was no one that was really treating this little island with respect. For those of you that don't know, just geographically, Sicily is that little island that the boot of of uh, Italy as a whole is kicking, right? It's that little soccer ball right there at the at the the tip of the toe. Um, and there's there's many other mafia type organizations, but the specific one, this Cosa Nostra, which really gets over into the United States, stems from Sicily, right? So when we get into all this stuff, there's this brutal monarch um, that was appointed. His name was um, King Louis the Fourth. Or I'm sorry, the, the guy that was actually like appointed was brother of King Louis IV. His name was Charles Anjou, I believe, or Anwa. How the fuck you say that kind of shit, Brandon? Anwa and you. Do you know how to say it? I, that my, my French is, is pretty rusty, man. Let's go with An- Anwa. I like that. Anwa, that sounds perfect. So the Sicilians really despised this French like overlord that they that they had come to, you know, actually have to kind of follow orders from and they threw this phrase around they whispered it and it was morte alla francia italia analia and this was death to the french is italy's cry and if you take those you know the first letter of each one of those words it spells out mafia it's a nice little nice little fun thing to believe of where the term mafia comes from now when i mentioned this to you you were mentioning well supposedly the term mafia is sort of like uh, a way to say uh, braggadocious or manly masculine alpha Uh, so this is you know that's a toss-up there I choose to believe in the more fun one personally it makes more sense to me and uh, for the sake of the podcast we're going to go ahead and go never the whole whole idea that that these people were just whispering this phrase never let the uh, the truth get in the way of a good story right yeah Absolutely, dude. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And exactly what Brandon said. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, But, you know, on Easter Sunday, uh, I believe like in in the 1280s, uh, a a few Sicilian men actually beat some French soldiers to death after they harassed a woman in Palermo on her way to Vespers. And many Sicilians heard rumors of this entire thing. And this is what spawned the real rising up from these uh you know serfs or these slaves that were sicilian kind of overthrowing their french overlords and this whole event became uh known as the sicilian vespers and they went to the spanish leaders after this whole thing happened because they knew they were going to get fucked over they knew right away that the leader of france was going to come in and and wreck their shit so they went to spanish leaders who were enemies of the french at this time okay and Spain actually helped them, but they kept super tight control over Sicily for the next 500 years. And this censorship, this isolation, you know, Italy during the Middle Ages, like the medieval times, Italy is kind of like one of those spots where so much technology is blossoming, right? Paint, 
um, art in general, just everything about Italy. They were kind of on the forefront during the Middle Ages. But Sicily was bypassed during this whole thing. So they they really didn't see this explosion in technology as they did literally a site like a, a, in, in viewing distance away from the island of Sicily. They're living it up over in the main body of Italy over there. So this is when, in my opinion, it gets interesting. Um, along this whole entire time, this is when like the Spanish Inquisition was going on. This lasted about 400 years. And uh, in 1500, Sicilians picked up the idea of forming trading guilds, just like the Freemasons in Europe, dude. So this is where like the secret society roots really start taking hold. And they also formed their own primary judicial system um, because they just could not trust keep anything in. that they would uh, get from the authorities. Right. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is I think uh, the the Muslim civilization gets kicked out of the Spanish peninsula. Uh, in 1492, uh, same same year that Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? So this is not that long uh, since since sure. Sicily has been able to 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 say what it wants to do with itself after this history of exploitation, right? They're they're kind of in the dark, kind of need to maybe resort to some what we would in the developed world and now in the, the future think as some some dangerous stuff. I mean, this is where this is around the same area where like. The idea of barbarism comes comes out of they're not they're not on the Barbary coast definitely but they come from that area and you can get this this sense of like that's that's where the shady shit goes down. Sure, man, and it's not like so as far as the uh, the secret society stuff goes. This is just the beginning, right? Where they they start kind of without really necessarily knowing that they're doing the exact same things that the Freemasons of Europe were doing. They start gaining numbers and they basically start killing off Spanish lords quicker than the Spanish lords can redeem their numbers, right? Like, so the, the Sicilians are really fucking over their oppressors. It's kind of like the, the revolution in the United States here. So, you know, I respect these dudes for what they're doing at this point. Um, you know, standing up for women that are getting harassed by these, you know, oppressive uh, Andrew Cuomo types that are out there. And and really kind of, you know, fucking around and, and doing shit that they shouldn't be doing. So they're going to stand up to them and fuck them over. Um, but, you know, they start taking their food and their money from these rich Spanish overlords. They take all their resources and they start distributing it to families that are both their own and then just others in need. And each family at this point, once it started really blowing up, would select one single man. And it was always a man. OK, this is, you know olden times so you know men, not so many women were allowed yeah. women were allowed to do much exactly dude that's where you in your opinion this is where the the term mafia comes from right so each family would select one dude and they would all distribute the food and these were known as capos the the term capo comes from you know and and they still use this today as far as i know uh but this came from this time way back in the day when they first started forming their initial uh hierarchy of of business the way that they would do business and at this time it's kind of theft it's not it's not uh legal what they're doing but in their mind it doesn't matter because they've been forsaken for so long under the traditional laws of oppressors that they did not support um so what separates the mafia from even the freemasons and all these other secret societies back in the day like knights templar all these like you know i wouldn't say ancient secret societies necessarily but the secret societies of of old right 
um, which all of them technically have their roots uh, dating back a long time ago. But this code of silence really kind of set them apart from everyone else, right? And this this whole thing, there was a student named uh, Saponera that was captured by the Spanish in 1578. And he was actually tortured to death. But you know what he didn't fucking do? He didn't give up anyone's name. He didn't rat on anyone. And he didn't give up any of his co-conspirators. So they knew that they could rise out of their enslavement was with one fucking word, dude. And it's loyalty. Okay. They needed to be loyal in order to rise up as a culture, as a race, as a geographical area of people. They needed to rise up by, by shutting their fucking mouths. Basically, if they got caught, you know, you're going to die at this point. So as they pushed Spaniards out of their countryside, they adopted the modern mafia power structure, which they hold today. The capo tells a low-level worker with armed guards to pay a visit, right? We always hear this in the movies. Go pay him a visit. Pay this guy a visit. Uh, paying a targeted source a visit just to obtain money. Um, you know, get a, little, get a little bit of their profits. And in return, you'll give them protection. If you don't want to cooperate, guess what? Your building might fucking burn down. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a choice that you can't refuse. Um, the example in The Godfather, just to bring that back to a, an easy uh, you know, thing to relate it to, um, the Corleone family is, starts off buying in on a, on a huge basis to olive oil companies. So you've got, that's, that's how they've got all, of, all kinds of olive oil companies all, all over uh, New York City at that time. They're all imported. And um, they get to just sidle up to people, to Italian businesses who, you know, it's kind of almost like a lot of the, the, the economic partnerships that we see to get see to, today. We have in Tucson here the downtown partnership, the downtown Tucson par- uh, partnership, which is like this consortium of, of local businesses right downtown. And they all chip in together to pay for things like secure, like paying security guards. Uh, you know, like hiring sweet uh, street sweepers. Um, so it's you can you can kind of you can kind of see it from this part. Like now that it starts to form a real structure, um, the the mafia does at this point. You can actually see like some of the good it's it's doing on a daily basis. But yeah, since it's not checked by any kind of 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 oversight committee. Um, and any kind of oversight that is there is just people who are really, really money and power hungry, rightfully so, because they've had it taken away from them. Um, you can you can start to see both sides uh, here forming very, 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 very tightly. That that focus on loyalty, it, it's kind of a chicken or the egg problem uh, here, but it it is reflected in all of the best ways that we think of uh, Italian families, right? Where it just it's you have if you don't have your family. Uh, you don't have you don't have anything is is uh, is uh, the Corleone's uh, kind of crest in, in the movies. Well, yeah, dude. And, you know, it's interesting because y- you mentioned like these uh, what it sounds like you're talking about a little bit with the, the Tucson downtown partnership. It sounds sort of like a union type of a situation. And Las Vegas, uh, you know, was was the whole reason that the casinos blew up when like the gambling became legal. Um, the mafia went from going like doing bootlegging to going over there and, and helping with the legal gambling, right? I mean, this is in in these movies, which 
people I know already what people are saying about like, well, they're just movies. They're Hollywood movies. Martin Scorsese doesn't know anything about the mafia and blah, blah, blah. These people are well researched. And this is why their movies still, you know, hold up today. You know, movies like uh, Goodfellas, Godfather, um, Casino. There's there's countless mafia movies and there's a little shred of truth in each one. And today, Las Vegas still has some of the strongest fucking unions out there. You know, the the city of Las Vegas has incredibly unified unions. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to me, it's 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 something that does definitely make a lot of sense of, of why they operate in this fashion. Just like everyone's going to have their back. Everyone's going to be a family and you don't do anything that's going to fuck the family over or in this case, the union. Um, but, you know, jumping back to, to a little bit of the history here in 1860, um, Garibaldi brought Sicily under Italy, but the mafia actually remained Sicily's main power structure. Okay. But in less than one generation, mafiosos held like nearly every political position, whether it be low level, high level. Uh, and, and again, I can't stress in less than one generation. And we see that today in our current politics, right? People got to know someone to get into government and to really move up into government. It seems like everyone just gives their buddies, their friends, doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. You know, uh, Cuomo, who, you know, why not stick with him since he uh, thinks he's a fucking mafioso? His his dad was, you know, uh, Mario Cuomo. He He's I mean, Andrew Cuomo is a second generation New York politician. So, you know, they, they keep the power in the family. Um, there's there's a, a fair, fairly good amount of uh, high powerful uh, Italians, people of Italian descent that are in the American government at high levels on, on both sides. Again, Giuliani, Pelosi, uh, Cuomo, all these different people that are household names at this point. And. You know, it's arguable to say if any of them are really doing the right thing. They're look, they're uh, looking out for their own. They're not looking out for everyone else. You can you can also you know look at I mean? the you can also look at the first uh, Catholic uh, uh, elected to president, JFK. Um, if I, I know that all yeah. a, a majority of the conspiracy theories uh, revolve around some kind of mafia uh, misdoings, um, uh, it's th- this is this is where you start. Our listeners shouldn't be thinking that we make some connection to all Italian and Catholic people like uh, like they are part of the mafia. It's just scary how when they do, when the upper echelon, as you mentioned, does decide to move on something, they move on it quick, and it's got they've got wide gra- grasps uh, by this by this time in our history. Well, dude, JFK is so interesting, man, because there's so many theories, right? Was it the CIA? Was it the mafia? Um, as you mentioned, there was some heavy, heavy feuding going on with the Italians, uh, you know, Catholics, the mafia, all this shit was going, it was coming to a head and was JFK a sacrifice? There's, there's millions of theories out there. Um, so it, it's interesting to, that you, that you bring that up so early here, because yeah, I do want to touch on that. Definitely. Like, uh, when we're done with a little bit of the history, cause th- there's that, what are some other big theories out there about like the mafia so you know we mentioned a little bit in the beginning how the mafia wanted to go against the vatican and vice versa because the vatican made a deal in 1933 with the nazis with the third reich because for people that don't remember benito mussolini and adolf hitler were probably doing some meth and doing some gay shit together you know what i mean so they had to definitely kind of buddy up 
and those those treaties still stand today so uh you know with with luciano helping the united states military and the allies come over and crash the shores of the access powers which was uh japan and uh germany most notably um i mean do you does anything else come to mind as far as like these these uh, mafia conspiracy theory type things um in my family it's uh their, their their involvement has largely been in fixing every single uh, Yankees game that's ever been played, uh, honestly. So I, I don't know about any kind of like corruption in sporting, uh, in, in sports. And then um, you've, you've mentioned before how I think right, rightfully so, I think it's accurate that, you know, big ass sports events are also where a whole bunch of rich people go to put um, parts of their body into parts of other people's body who might not be old enough for, for that to be a legal thing. Um, so that, yeah. that, that's, that's the most tenuous grasp I have to like anything other than what they're accused of doing, which is, is scary. I mean, the, the IRA, the, 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 the Irish revolution that you're, that we, we passed not 50 years ago. This is like some of the things that Protestants are being a, they're they're holding up to Catholics and saying, "Look, we can't trust you because look at how shady how shady you are." So I I wouldn't doubt that a whole bunch of propaganda got pushed out by the Protestants in Europe at at, at, at that time. And you know what? They would they the uh, mafia the Italian mafia would obviously partner up with Jewish mafia members and Italian mafia too, but they never fully trusted them because it goes back to that history where they felt like they could only trust their family. It was almost ingrained in their DNA that they did not want to even risk bringing in someone that didn't have the same bloodline as them. And we see this in in everything as far as like the power structures go, right? The Rothschilds, that bank freaking bailed out the Vatican at one time. And this is not a, a movie. This is a historical fact that the bank of the Rothschilds, a Jewish bank, had to bail out the Vatican and staunch Catholics despise the idea of that. And this is why a lot of the, the, where a lot of the hate from the, for the Rothschilds really stems from, because these people at the time, believing a lot of Jews were bad, right? This is why the Holocaust actually, or the, uh, the third Reich actually caught wind for a lot of people and, and resonated with a lot of people is because the way that Hitler was selling this, it made sense to a lot of people at the time, as shitty as it is to say. Right. It, it, it absolutely made sense to people when they're saying, like, look, these people freaking killed our Messiah. Why are we going to let them bail out the Vatican? You know what I mean? And, and it, it just fuels that hatred more and more. Um, and then World War Two pops up and, and it just gets worse, dude. But um, another important thing for for anyone to realize is that these guys never, ever, ever acknowledged real law enforcement. I know I hinted at that a little bit earlier. Um, but it's something that we see until their downfall in the 90s, really. Um, the mafia is still around, but in no way is it the same as it was uh, even in the 70s, right? Um, seems like it kind of peaked here in the United States in like the 40s, 50s. Uh, but it absolutely has died out. And it's to the point where it's like, okay, that that's cute. You're in the mafia, whatever. Um, that, that, that peaking in the 40s, by the way, uh, comes about because... 
Mussolini was seeing them as a competing power structure, kicking them out, doing all kinds of really, really nasty shit to them. Uh, there's, there's one quote from, I think it was Mussolini to one of his generals here. He writes, uh, let's see, actually, oh no, no, this is, this is a, a Mussolini's minister of the interior, uh, minister of the interior talking to Mussolini saying like, Hey, this is what you can do to the mafia. If you want, he says, quote, your excellency has carte blanche. The authority of the state must absolutely, I repeat, absolutely be reestablished in Sicily. If the laws still in force hinder you, this will be no problem as we will just draw up new laws. So under that kind of, of leadership, that kind of hate for the uh, Italians, they get pushed out uh, during the fascist regime, uh, during the fascist regime uh, around the same time, uh, the Mussolini gives a massive chunk of change to the Vatican uh, so that the Vatican will recognize the fascist party's rule in Italy. Uh, and then from there, you have people, characters like the ones that, that the Godfather you know, fo- focuses on uh, and, and that Goodfellas takes off on. Remember, a lot of these are remotely related to to real life events, real life families. So that's what their peak looked like uh, in, in America. But yet what's what's the ways that they're still at, at, at work in the last, last 30 years, let's say? Well, in the last 30 years, I mean, they have families that you know, really, this is a little bit before 30 years, but there was these five major New York families, the Bananos, the uh, Colombos, the Gambinos, the Genoveses, and then the uh, Lucchesis. So these are the main five families of New York. And this, I mean, the way that that I think that the mafia is around today, I, I don't, I don't think that, that you can really say much for it. Maybe you can uh, change my mind on that. But I, I really don't think that the mafia has much power at all now. If anything, the mafia has taken different form, right? So it is government. It is the the real power structures because the FBI became so powerful. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover really had it out for the mafia, right? So he was was spending a lot of his time taking, and I, I should correct myself every time I referring to the mafia, it's, it's Cosa Nostra is what it is here, um, which is like this thing of ours is what it translates to. And um, they they named it that intentionally so that it was to keep it vague. You could say like Cosa Nostra, our farm over there. Like that's that's this thing of ours. It was never so it's like a business. Yeah, uh, you could actually incriminate. Yeah, you can never incriminate someone for saying like oh, I'm going to Cosa Nostra or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was just vague enough. But family members and made men and all this shit that we hear about, they all knew exactly what you're talking about. And it's interesting, like with the the secret society aspect of it, they had pretty satanic rituals when they would you know induct induct new members um first of all if you were told to go and meet up with these made men there was usually between five and eight guys uh you'd go and they would say hey have you heard of cosa nostra you're not supposed to say yes and you're not supposed to say no you're supposed to keep your mouth shut and what happens if you pass all the, the the tests the the questions in the test uh they would give you a picture of what was Mary uh, finding out from whatever saint that told her that she was going to have uh, Jesus, have God's baby. And what they would do, they'd take a knife, they'd prick their finger, they would squeeze blood out onto this picture. Uh, then they would pass it around to all the other men there and they would take a blood oath. And literally, basically, um, right when I, I, I'm entering this organization alive and I'll leave it dead. 
and I and with this with this burning of this picture of Mary and Jesus and the saint, uh, my soul burns with it. Right. So they're they're literally quite literally selling their soul to the organization. Um, so it, it to me, it's it's crazy, dude. And I want to backtrack a little bit, man, because the mafia gets so much recognition itself. But there's a few other ones. There's the Drangheta, uh, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But uh, it's like Nendrangheta. Do you know how to say it? I, I do not. You, you typed this in the notes and I was like, wow, he's he's going all over the place with this one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going. I was going deep, dude. This is from Calabria, which they make the best sausage there, by the way. Best <laughs> salami, hands down. That Calabresi, that shit's good, nice and spicy. But you know, these guys make the mafia look like legitimately sloppy and unorganized. Because, for example, one of the big differences is the Jongettas, uh, their sons have no choice but to take over the father's business or the older brother's business. Uh, once they're available and they do this by kind of proving themselves as kids um, they're never allowed to fail a task that's given to them by their bosses and they're never allowed to deny the task even as a child once they hit puberty they're ready to rock they need to fucking get get into the family business and, and carry it on and they're taught loyalty you know can't stress loyalty enough here but this was their right of blood and when you hear right of blood, it's obviously, okay, yeah, it's a bloodline thing. It's, a, it's sort of like a, a monarchy type of a situation or a patriarchy situation where it's like, okay, my father was in charge, so now I'm in charge. But is this right of blood? Is that possibly a blood sacrifice? Because as I said, they have to, they have to drip their blood onto uh, you know, an effigy and then they have to burn it. And then usually it's a blood in, blood out type situation where they have to kill to get in or they have to kill to get out. And I mean, to me, it, it just screams of secret society and ritualistic, uh, ritualistic type of, of tendencies here. But as I mentioned, that's Calabria. Um, in Naples, we have the uh, Camorra, sorry. And these are all ex-prisoners that are part of this gang. So it's not nearly as organized, but these people are hardened. These people are ready to rock, dude. Like they're not fucking around when it comes to any kind of disrespect the government the uh, neapolitan government actually adopted their principles they would hire them to keep prisoners in line so these people get out of prison and they get right back in just to help keep the neapolitan prisoners in line um they crack down on criminals that weren't part of the family clans and they would just partner up with the government so this is crime and government working side by side as a whole. And we see this today still, as much as we don't want to admit it, it's very much a thing. And this is the last one I'll get into. It's the region of Puglia, um, which they call this the Sacra Corona, which, you know, rears its ugly head again here. Sacra Corona Unida, which is a United Sacred Crown. And it's very, very similar to the uh, Camorra of Naples. A uh, bunch of crime bosses, a bunch of tough, hardened criminals that are basically kind of... Uh, what you would like kind of stereotypically call like a Guido or a mafioso where they're just kind of big, dumb assholes, but they, they definitely rough people up and, and they, sometimes that's the answer. If you're trying to get power and keep it, sometimes you need a bunch of those goons hanging out and, and fucking shit up. Well, how do you, uh, how do you look at them now, man? I mean, I don't, I think, I think you and I can, uh, look at them in the same way in that we see the legitimate side of them and see the bad side of them. It They just kind of seem like a geographical, like a, 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 just a different geog. Uh, let's see. It's, it's a very similar 
form of government than the what we've seen around the world around this around the same times. So you just pick your pick the pick the point in the world over the last five hundred years. You can see different versions of the mafia coming up, don't you? Like don't don't you see like the the real legit like. They they have some real bonds, dude. Like they have something to be, they're they're more bonded together certainly than than I, I think I am to anyone who lives in like North Carolina, you know, or the Appalachians or something like that. Um, don't don't you see the legitimacy in them actually? When you're even even if even if you're talking about um all the shit all the shady shit that they've been a part of on the lower ranks. You've got them like not being terrorists, but being freedom fighters, because it, it really depends on your perspective what the title you give to a certain person is. It's if, whether it's a terrorist or a freedom fighter. Don't you see some legitimate like some legitimacy in this illegitimate economy? Absolutely, I definitely do. But I, I you know, I just kind of wanted to break down the entire idea of how it's sort of this like. I don't even know how you'd phrase it like this, this underground economy that they ran, you know, like a lot of these organizations, they made a bunch of money off of, you know, illegal trading of cigarettes, you know, like, or the whole thing, like the, the cigarettes fall off the truck. And then, you know, obviously they don't fall off the truck. They beat the shit out of the driver or they'd say like, Hey, we're going to kill you and take your cigarettes or you can, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, at what cost, you know, if we're talking about uh, is this moral or not, depends on on who you're asking right like if these people have felt super uh super you know disenfranchised throughout time then they're going to feel that they have no choice other than to take matters into their own hands because they see these rich catholics back in in their homeland totally taking advantage of them and then they start realizing okay well let's just do the same thing we're we're tougher we're bigger dudes we're we're hardened because we've been mistreated for so long so we can do the exact same thing and we can do it better and we're more loyal to each other because if someone's fighting for their land or fighting for their family they're going to be a hell of a lot more motivated than someone that's just told by their boss to go over there and like hey go take that guy's shit just because i said so and you're not going to get to keep any of it but you know go do it because this is what your job is you signed orders you got to follow orders right now uh, same same reason why uh, the Vietnamese did such a good job against the United States uh, in, in the Vietnam War is because they're literally fighting for their land. And a lot of those kids didn't want to fucking be there. You know what I mean? So it, it, I don't know if that answers your question, man, but I think that it's interesting when we start getting into like, is this right or is this wrong type stuff? Um, it, it Again, it depends who you ask. I, I think there's a uh, they, they are a really good microcosm of like all of the. I think the economists literally call it the the illegitimate economy too, or the or the underground economy as as you actually called it. So um, that's a good way to talk about it. What about this? If you could, like, what's what would be if if you could arrange the chess pieces of the mafia or or rebuild it in an image that w- would be less nasty than it was? Don't don't you think? Do you think that the check on the bad stuff that the mafia does? would be helped by uh, making them more democratic in the way that they the way that they operate because we mentioned early on like or about halfway through this episode that bloodline is really really important 
in this organization, and it has been for a majority of, of human history, right? It's not since the Enlightenment and the French Revolution that we start th- throwing off people who are really put into power by blood. So I, I'm trying to get at what you think the role of democracy is in our country when we're looking at a little microcosm something that's not exactly like our country, but there are a whole bunch of similarities you can draw between um, the Protestants that were kicked out of Europe and then uh, forced to come to uh, the, the the new world here, and then the Sicilians themselves fighting back against that very same Catholic oppression uh, from the mainland. So, so do you think that the worst parts of the mafia is fixed by not having it be so bloodline driven and, and introducing some democracy in that? Or does that also, you think, rob them of their ability to, to just to, to be a powerful force like they, like they eventually became? Well, no, cause I think that if, uh, if you're able to elect your mafia bosses democratically, I would say that it's very easy to infiltrate right at the highest levels kind of like the way that i feel our government has been infiltrated at the very highest levels if we had some sort of a bloodline i don't think that that would be the way to go right there's downfalls to both sides because you can have some dipshit son look at look at what's going on in uh in north korea where this fat loser inherits the country just because his dad ruled with an iron fist and before that too right so when when you just start going down bloodline, you're you're bound to get some shitty leaders in there. Um, but if you're if if your sole number one opportunity or your your number one goal of the organization is loyalty, bloodline's the way to go. If efficiency and you're on the up and up and everything is 100% even and good and right, democracy can work, but it can be corrupted too. As in my opinion, as we we've been seeing here in the United States since the entire time we've been alive and before, honestly. But uh, I mean, man, it's it's a tough question that you're asking there because yes, there's downfalls to both. There's downfalls, obviously, to bloodlines. It's it's clear to see what the problems are there. But in this case of the mafia, loyalty, you know, family tends to be pretty loyal, especially if you have a, a family and a bunch of uh you know tough uncles and and uh cousins and all this stuff that are above you and they're wearing nice watches and nice suits and nice shoes and you know they got a wife and three girlfriends and they're living life dude they're they're killing it in the world and then you come up as a kid and you're seeing that and you're like damn i want to live like that because my friend over here benny has nothing you know what i mean his mom and his dad fight every night his dad beats the shit out of mom you know so why why (laughs) Is that not going to make someone want to be part of that organization? And then they say, hey, the one thing that you need to do is keep your mouth shut, listen more than you talk, and then that that's going to get you to where I am one day because you have the right bloodline. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shady way to run an organization, but if loyalty is your goal, then that's the only way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I think a lot of the best uh, movies about the mafia – focus on just how enticing it was right you see in the good goodfellas you see him go from zero to on top of the world uh and then back down to, to zero <laughs> zero very quickly uh in the bronx tale that's another one of, another one of my favorites it's it just shows like yeah that's just that's you've got your your dad who is working his ass off never at home 
because this is an immigrant family at this time. And then you've got the mafiosos straight down the road who are, who are, who are living high on the hog, man, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's capitalism, man. That's, that's fucking America. Like you go for the, you go for where the, where the market is. Right. Um, so making it, making it less of a, well, no, 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 it's not, this isn't a capitalism thing here because these people are operating illegally right now. They're living in a capitalist country, but they were ran out of a socialist country because the social or the, the, or the fascist leader was running out socialist people. Mussolini was running out socialists. I don't, I don't time. I don't think so. It wasn't, I don't think that them being illegal though, keeps them from operating in the same, a lot of the same ways that we, I know you, I know you would call it crony capitalism. What's going on. But I think that this is just a, yeah. a, a a microcosm of crony capitalism that just isn't being checked and is consistently uh, taking tax revenue away from the federal government, which is their main, which I'll, I'll admit is their main uh, gripe with with this group. So, yeah. well, organizations like the mafia, they ruin capitalism the same way where when you go into a bathroom at Walmart, it says, please do not steal. It'll leave you with a record and it makes us increase our prices. So if everyone's stealing cigarettes off of a truck by the carton, by the 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 case, I should say, or by whatever, however the fuck you measure cigarettes, if you're you're taking mass quantities of this, it's going to jack those prices up artificially, and that's going to that's going to definitely interfere with true capitalism. Now, it, there's absolutely there's downfalls of capitalism. One is that it incentivizes people to steal and to start organizations like the mafia, right? Absolutely, but with socialism. In a country of this many people, it's tough to make that work. And, and you know, we're getting a little off topic here, but the reason that we're able to, uh, the reason that like Canada and Denmark and Sweden, which everyone likes to cite is like, these are socialist countries and look how well they work. They have a higher standard of living. They actually don't when they come to the United States at all. When these people come here, they do progressively worse than people that were born here. And the reason that those countries are able to do that is because Denmark and, and Sweden literally don't have militaries, Right. It's because the United States will protect them. So we put a lot of our money into our military, which, you know, I'm mixed on that whole thing too. And I don't think that we should be protecting everyone, but Canada's military is, is nowhere near as strong as it could be. Um, and this is why they, they need us and, and Mexico, same situation. Their military's not shit. You know what I mean? So all these countries are able to do the socialism thing in varying degrees. Obviously Mexico does not do it very well at all. Um, and then, uh, you know, Sweden and Denmark do it pretty damn near perfect if there is such a thing. And then Canada is, is, uh, somewhere in the middle there where I know a lot of people, you know, we've talked to a couple of people in Canada and they hate the system there. I haven't talked to one person in Canada. That's like, yeah, we got a great system here. And Justin Trudeau's the shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like the, uh, because the mafia is just like a, a microcosm of, uh, it is a ref- it, it can be a reflection of the governments under which they're operating, or the governments from which from whence they were formally operated under. So, uh, so, so your 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 both of our perspectives on these and how they differ is always very interesting to me. But you got anything else on the on the mafia themselves, though, bro? Well, before we wrap up here, man, I did want to get into this Operation Husky and Operation Underworld because Operation Husky to me is fascinating, right? So. Um, Luciano was arrested. He was the boss of all bosses at one time. He was the top mafia guy in the United States. And he got arrested 
and he was doing a 30 to 50 year sentence, depending on behavior. Um, realistically, probably going to be about a 25 year sentence. Um, I think he was in about, what was it? 10 years, I believe. I might be misspeaking there. Um, he was he was in it for a decent amount of time and he wanted to get the fuck out of prison and he was willing to do anything that he could. And he was actually, according to you know people that are more familiar with it, he was actually considering selling out the the mafia like he was so desperate to get out that he did not want to fuck around and, and stay in there but he knew if he sold the mafia out they were going to come for his head they'd be waiting for him when he got out of the cell so um what he did was he allied with the allies he he partnered up with these guys going against his home country right which is is italy because they needed to take over this little island of sicily the nazis the access powers had full control of the island of sicily and what they did man they went in there under uh basically uh luciano sent someone to go and talk with the access powers they were able to uh get access to to just kind of you know catch them off guard killed a bunch of these dudes right off the bat and then a bunch of allied forces went in they broke into a safe they got uh secret german and italian documents regarding like minefields and just all of their war plans and all the war efforts that they had and this was all because of luciano and after this whole thing happened this was in 1946 luciano was actually freed from prison and uh he was definitely deported like they didn't want to fuck with him they're like hey man you you will get you out but get the fuck out of our country because you're you're not really a good dude and um but in, in the same same sense luciano was willing to go against this government even though he was willing to go against Sicily, his home country, even though uh, he was pounded in his head the whole time. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Uh, you know, help your family do what's right for the for the home country and blah, blah, blah. And he did the exact opposite, man. The only reason that he sold out Sicily was because he wanted to get his ass out of prison. Now, you can say that his family was all in the United States and this fascist regime was trying to come over and take away the freedoms of the United States that his family was enjoying. But, uh, I mean, it, it, to me, I just found that fucking crazy when you start looking at this whole thing where the military, the United States military, and more specifically the Navy, tapped into this dude just because they knew he was more well-connected over there than they could ever even imagine being. You know, people all around the world respected this Luciano dude, but... Not many people respect the, the United States military unless it comes to fighting, right? But they respected Luciano's business methods, his tactics, everything about this dude a lot of people really liked. And it is because the mafia, say what you will about them, but they're very fair. They would pay, they would tip, they would always take care of anyone that was you know, uh, in their vicinity and anyone that was working with them or, or informing them in any way. Um, but I mean, it, it's interesting, man. When you start looking at how they made money, um, basically hit the the lottery when uh alcohol was illegalized right they were able to uh give up their entire like cigarette running and sex trafficking and all the the dangerous things that they were doing to just simply uh partner up with police in most cases because no one wanted alcohol illegalized other than like a couple of fucking karens out there that just like didn't want people to have fun and so at the at the time like everyone was all about this shit so yeah low risk high reward uh you know high demand low price shit i mean that's economics 101 and this this definitely did help that underground economy that we were kind of speaking on but um that's that's 
really all that I got as far as how the Vatican and how the Nazis were paired up. Just look into that whole document of how they uh, signed a treaty in 1933, uh, basically where the Nazis would help protect the Vatican. The Vatican would help fund the, the Nazi regime. And there's countless ties. I mean, Pope Francis was a fucking Nazi for sure. I mean, this is on record. So um, I don't know. I don't know what else you think about the Nazis and, and the Vatican, but they're definitely tied in with the mafia. And I think that our government very much so is, too. You know, I, I think that we have always supported the other side when it comes to uh, any type of significant wars, um, it, with the exception of like Vietnam or ones that were that we were considered to lose. But I mean, dude, if, if you're going to be trading with countries and going to war with them at the same time, this should open people's eyes to where it's like, well, you know, if you really don't like someone, you're not going to go and break into their house, but also like give them a couple bananas while you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a little, little interesting to me. I, I actually think there is some wiggle room there, though, because, you know, trade is one of the the best ways that you have to bring two warring civilizations together, um, if especially if they're actually producing something that we want. And, and vice versa. Now, the people who draw up these trade organizations and then the shady shit that each leader, each set of leaders does in its respective countries can make those those trade uh, agreements uh, more profitable for one group than the other. Uh, I think this is one of the focuses of of, of the Trump movement um, is I think that's actually how he defined Trumpism was was, hey, fair and better trades. So you got to be skeptical of that, too. But uh, I, I do see how you want to be a little bit more of like, just don't be a hypocrite. If you say uh, Saudi Arabia is bombing us, why are you still trading oil uh, with them? There's there's some there's some room to agree with uh, with that as well. For sure, man. Well, um, this is an interesting conversation, dude. I, I like kind of digging into these secret societies and the way that they play out and this is probably the most discounted secret society of all this mafia this cosa nostra um it's very much a secret society uh it more so is than the ones that we like to talk about the freemasons the illuminati which is a very vague term um this is one of the most secret societies so much so to where it, it's you know uh talked about in pop culture a lot and some of the best movies of all time so I find this this topic very interesting, um, but you know, any anything else on your end? I just gotta uh, thank all of the Patreon supporters. Um, thank anyone that you know just supports our uh, paid content in any way. It really helps keep the lights on, so to speak, and uh, it's it's just a, a fun deal for us to be doing. But any last thoughts for you, Brandon? No, no, uh, guys, just uh, just keep your family close, as the as the mafia would say. We can we can learn something from everybody. You gotta gotta know everybody in this in this world and, and take the best of what they have to offer. But no, past that, yeah, it's great uh, great conversation, guys. Keep hitting us up on all the platforms. We love you very much. Definitely, man. And in the words of Lucky Luciano, forget about it. Hey, ah, get in the fucking gravy in there. Ah, a little bit of sauce and right in the bath. Eh? Ah.